Welcome to the B-Side Boys Podcast. Who do you think you are? I am! An Iowa rugby podcast. Okay, I didn't know that. Well, now you do! With your host, Mr. Gray. Big meaty man slapping me. And Philly V. I am untethered and my rage knows no bounds! Brought to you by Rotor Epoxy. This is the adult tour, which means you can drink if you want, and we can say whatever the hell we want. (laughs) This episode of the B-Side Boys is brought to you by Rotor Epoxy. New year, new floors. If you have a garage that needs to get done, a shed, a little bar, whatever, patio. Locker room. Locker room, all sorts of different stuff. Floor. Get a hold of Rotor Epoxy. They're going to get it taken care of for you. It's going to look beautiful. Everybody's going to be super impressed by it whenever they come over and check it out. If you spill anything, you're going to be able to clean it up nice and easy. And it looks great. And great price, great people, great service. I mean, just... Can't speak highly enough about them. They're just, they're the best. So that's why you need to get a hold of Rotor Epoxy. Go to their Facebook page. Look them up online. R-O-D-E-R Epoxy. Tell them the B-Side Boys sent you. Yes, please. Yeah, that's really important. Now, here's the show. (laughs) All right, here we go. No, we got it, Phil. Ready? So there it was, episode 62. Happy Monday, Phil. Oh, dude, it's Monday. I'm slowly feeling a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, so we had our Wombats banquet on Saturday night. and Deleted uh, some beers. You had keep, some good friendship. You keep saying deleted. Yeah, deleted beers. Oh, it's like a Friday beers thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, you know. sorry. I think of pro wrestling, there's a guy, Matt Hardy, and he, he, he gets hit in the head, and it awakens this like weird character and he wants to delete (laughs) everybody and he's like delete delete and it's like really weird and so like they're not they're weird okay they're they're two different things so when you say delete i'm like yeah yeah i think of pro wrestling obviously because i love pro wrestling (laughs) so anyways on saturday though that wasn't the only thing that happened was the wombats banquet i mean it was pretty cool to see all the guys uh, we had a big blizzard, but we still had a really good turnout. Yeah. Really happy to pass out some awards. Congrats, Joshua Detar, for being the two-time MVP of the Wombats. Well-deserved. He's the only member of the Wombats to ever win an MVP award. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny to think about. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, we're two years old. So, really cool stuff there. Uh, I feel like, not to just talk about us, but it is our podcast. Yeah. A lot of cool momentum going on on the west side with the Wombats. So, Going to keep that rolling yeah, into practice we, on Wednesday. Yeah, we had a really good first practice, you know, for spring. We had 20-some guys show mm-hmm. up, and, like, weather was kind of shit in the, like, beginning of the day. And, and we had 17 minutes of daylight. Yeah, <laughs> so that was really cool to see a decent amount of guys show up. And, every like, just the vibe was really good. Everybody, you know, was having fun and just running around. Like, obviously, we were trying to, like, burn through stuff really quick and trying to squeeze in as much shit as we possibly could. But the touch at, touch at end was... Oh, so much fun. And like nobody wanted to stop. Like it was getting yeah. dark. We could barely see the ball, but it's like, let's go again. Let's go so again. much fun. Yeah. Also very dangerous because yeah. <laughs> you would see someone running full speed and then there would be like four people there and then someone would pop out on the other side. And it was like, 
did you touch him? And everyone's like, touch who? Like you couldn't even see a guy straight in front of you, but we're all laughing, having a good time. That's what spring rugby is all about. Love it. Um, But like I was saying, Saturday, Wombat's Banquet wasn't the only thing. Over in the Quad Cities, it happened. They had the referee Referee, clinic. They had the coaching clinic. I think they said there was like 12 new referees got certified, 15 new coaches got certified, and the coaching one happened last minute. I'm going to get the list of names. It's just not ready yet. But. <clears throat> but what? Our very own Andrew Ridgeway. Yeah. yeah. I got certified. So, And I heard Tom McClyman. Yeah. He oh, also yeah. got Tom certified Clyman's as there, yeah. ref. Uh, so I knew two guys for sure. Well, and I heard um, David Randall and Caleb Boylan. They got certified for coaching. Um, nice. Basically, Ridgeway was telling me a bunch of people that were there, but now I'm blanking. But I'm going to get a list of names. I want to shout those people out because, number one, you know, Quad Cities, thank you for hosting, but not the most central location for some people. But shout out to the people who drove there. They spent a Saturday there. And then, yeah, Ridgeway, he drove all the way back and came out for the banquet. So, yeah, that was awesome. I was a little cool. worried for him just with the weather. Right. I wasn't sure if he was going to make it back in time. But. Yeah, that was wild. And then also at the same time, the Iowa AGM happened, mm-hmm. the annual grand meeting. So my reading comprehension struggles a little bit. When the president, Patrick Lawson, sent out an email and he said, hey, we're shooting to make up or yeah, we're shooting for March 11th to make up the AGM. In my brain, I comprehended that as it's not confirmed yet. We'll let you know when it's confirmed. But it never said that. It just said we're shooting for the 11th. Well, it was the 11th. And so very last minute, I was like, oh, my God, this is happening. A lot of people were on Zoom. Um, We don't have the minutes yet for that. Um, Phil, you sat in through all of it. Yeah. I was in and out because you were doing other family stuff. So. I had family stuff before the banquet and we were kind of running errands and it not really good to be on speakerphone at the grocery store with. Yeah, <laughs> no, I had, I was at the gym with my headphones in listening to it the entire time. Yeah. So any quick takeaways? Cause again, I'm going to read the minutes and yeah. like the notes from the meeting when we have those. So next Monday, expect those things yeah Uh, but anything that stood out to you anything you want to share from it um i mean there was some stuff with some funding like acclimating some like financial help to some programs you know that could benefit from it Mm. like a stipend of some sort which is really cool to hear um and then there was a decent amount of talk of like refereeing and stuff like helping them out and everything because obviously we need refs and we need to you know there's got to be just a way to like make things a little bit easier yeah. on them and again help out financially or maybe a little more incentive yeah you know um and then there was like some discussion with all iowa and just like some upcoming events in the spring and this summer so yeah yeah i mean like not to try to dive into too many details especially without the notes but i yeah. mean that was kind of like the gist of it but they did a good job putting it yeah. on and laying everything out so and we'll have the the details but i do know New officers, like president, vice president. Those are up. Those are up. Um, I think secretary is also up. They pushed back the voting for a couple of weeks. Mm. They're going to do, they're going to go back. They're going to go back to the drawing board. Um, A Google form is probably going to come out. And on that Google form, there's going to be voting for new officers, as well as the location for all Iowa. I think Clinton, Iowa City, maybe. Iowa Falls, Falls, definitely. Um, basically any city in Iowa can put, can put in a bid to host all Iowa Mm. two weeks. Those members are going to vote on where it goes. So yeah. That'll be interesting because it's been at Iowa Falls ever since I can remember. Right. 
game. And they said it used to rotate before, yeah. but some people took it more seriously than others. Iowa Falls, they landed on them because they have six fields, they have a clubhouse, and it's, it's like centrally located. Yeah, and there's decent like camping and stuff. I mean, yeah. like you camp at the fields, but you know, it's a big enough area, yeah. you know, to keep it secluded to that area so you don't have to worry about like stuff in town or anything like that i kind of like that but i wouldn't hate to see a rotating location either yeah because to highlight other communities because again as we talk about hey we want to grow the sport we want to see what other communities do it would be cool to rotate just to see what like how would you host a tournament how would you host all iowa and you get to see how different communities do it you could take ideas yeah Yeah. you could take ideas from like how they ran it and like you could take parts of it that you liked or yeah. you know make adjustments to yeah. things that you saw there you're like eh, maybe i would have done this differently yeah it could be beneficial well and i think they said too only eight teams went last year and half of the teams had to combine to make combo teams so it was yeah. like technically there was like six teams that actually played but eight teams were present we got to get those numbers up yeah. and so if that means going to a new city kind of jazzing it up a little bit uh, us trying to talk about it to hype it up got to do something that first weekend in may yep and also too at all iowa is when they announce and they have the presentation for the iowa rugby union hall of fame yeah so that's a big thing as well and those nominations are actually open right now so we're actually going to talk to kelsey mcdowell our most frequent guest on the b-side boys now (laughs) with this appearance she is on the board of the iowa rugby union hall of fame and you know let's hear from her about how things are going and basically how do you vote yeah let's do it It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, and we are joined now with Kelsey McDowell. She's going to be representing the Iowa Rugby Union Hall of Fame for us here. She also wears a million hats, so we're just going to focus on the Hall of Fame right now so we don't get too off topic. An honorary recurring guest. Yeah. By the way, Kelsey, (laughs) did you know this is your fifth time on the show, and with this appearance, you have now passed everybody. You are in sole possession of most appearances on the B-Side Boys, you and you alone. Yes! (laughs) <laughs> she's right behind it for <laughs> oh man most healthy friendship slash competitive friendship ever <laughs> oh yeah so uh, like i said big reason we wanted to get you on we saw it was announced that the iowa rugby union hall of fame has opened up their nominations i know that you've been a part of this for a few years now where you've really helped Uh, expedite the process and make it more organized, cleaned it up and really allowed people to better nominate people, make it an easier process. And then it allows for more clubs to be involved in this process. So can you tell us right now, basically how do clubs nominate someone? Yeah, absolutely. So we kind of rewrote the bylaws. Uh, Bill Hogg started the hall of fame with Hollow Steve Murrah and did an amazing job. He had a, like, it was kind of him doing the one man show. So he tried to expedite expedite also because he received like a lot of abuse shocking mm. right <laughs> from, 
from from the process that was going on. So we created a committee right now, uh, and it has oh, I have to look it up. It's like two players, two admins, the president of the union, the VP of the union, and uh, one other thing. One thing I can't pull up the top of my head, but uh, so essentially, we are. What clubs do right now is we've created a Google form. It's been pretty much the same Google form. Instead of sending in like a Word doc resume, it's like a copy paste thing, so we can go straight to the person's uh, credentials. For example, like not everyone has referee experience, not everyone has coaching experience. So instead of trying to filter through the nitty gritty, we have it categorized. So when we do start looking at the voting for the committee, we can filter straight down to the nitty gritty of what this person's done and do kind of a crosswalk of all of the nominees and what their credentials are. Cause there's so many like admin work, you know, refereeing, playing, mm-hmm. there's, there's just so many things that, you know, people contribute to Def- in our union. Definitely. And so what would you want to say to everybody in the union right now? Like, um, yeah, hype it up, sell it. What, why should people nominate people? <laughs> Um, mostly because if you don't nominate, I don't want to hear you complaining later that someone you like didn't get in. Nominate them. Anyone <laughs> in the union, if you are a player, you get. if you are sits in the union, if you have ever been sits in the union, you get one nomination. So when you're sitting here saying, oh, Gary Smith was great. He had the best stiff arm ever. Why didn't he get in? He's never nominated. Why didn't you nominate Gary Smith? Go nominate Gary Smith. Go, like, go build up and like create those people that made an impact in your life, go get them and put their name forward. Mm. If they made that big of an impact, take the 20 minutes max that it takes to nominate. Definitely. I I actually didn't know that, that you could do that as an individual, just as a SIP player. I thought it was just every team gets two nominations. No. So let me go. I can actually pull it up and we can talk about something else while I pull it up, but no, yeah. If you have been like, like, so for example, Adam Simile nominated Matt Simon in the Northern area region. Cause he's a SIP player in the union. Yep. So yeah. And I can go pull up the bylaw specifically. Um, but now that's, that's, what's frustrating, right? Because I send, there's so many ways to communicate and I know everyone's so busy. Right. And the email I had to send out for this was like a page long. It's hard to, you know, meet, you know, it's hard to get even meaning all the time out of an email. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, compared to being in person yeah, but right. the credentials are people who can nominate each compliant slash active team registered in the iowa rugby and may nominate up to two qualified persons slash teams so connected with rugby in any capacity and current members of the hall of fame are only allowed what one nomination an individual who is not currently registered <sighs> with iowa, iowa rugby union or a member of the hall of fame but has been in the past may nominate one person slash team so nice. if you're involved yeah. That's good yeah, to know we because, used to get... <laughs> well, like I said, I mean, that's why we wanted to have you on was because we didn't know. Yeah. So I was just, I assumed it was just the two nominees from like your, or like whatever club you're playing with, like you get two nominees and that's it. I didn't know you could do individually and stuff. So yeah. That's yeah. Nice. Like make our decision harder guys. Like make it harder for the board to figure out who's going to be the top three. Right. Yeah. When we have 11, 11 or 12 nominations, you know, that's one thing, but if we have 28 or 30, hmm. we get to, you know, have a hard decision. Yeah. So, do you, do you know off the top of your head right now, like how many uh, individuals have been nominated, like nominated, like right now, or? 
11 individuals and the Muddy, uh, Muddy Rivers Clinton team that won the national championship. So once every four years, we allow a team to be inducted into the Iowa Hall of Fame. And this is that fourth year. So it's my fourth year as the chairperson of the Hall of Fame. So this is the year that the last team that got it was the UNI Women's 2001 team nice. that won nationals. So right now uh, we have one team and 11 individuals nominated. That's not a bad start. Yeah, and when is the deadline? Because no. that seems like a good number, but definitely a number you want to see grow. What is uh, yep. the deadline for nominations? March 18th. So I'll be sending out another round of reminders probably tomorrow. Okay. Gotcha. To get so that in. This upcoming yep. Saturday. So we have, yes, yes. So like Ryan, you had asked, you know, we have that, some pot, like the repository of all of the, you know, former Hall of Fame members and their email addresses that we also send a reminder out so they can get their nominations in too. Definitely. And that's something too, like you just said. So I asked you for a list of everybody who was in the Hall of Fame because as like the Wombats, we wanted to pick, we had a list of about seven guys, nine guys that we were talking about. And it was one of those things where, well, that list got cut down to five guys because four of them were already in the Hall of Fame and we just, (laughs) we didn't know. And so what I talked to Phil about was, and I talked to you about this, I think it'd be really cool if we dedicated a few episodes, sprinkled them in throughout the year, uh, basically just go class by class and really give a spotlight to the people who were elected or picked for the Hall of Fame starting in that first year, 2017, all the way up to the current class, because it's a huge honor and we want to remember these people. We want to share their stories, but I don't think a lot of people know who's even in the Hall of Fame and it's not the fault of anybody. It just, it's like you said, it's so hard to communicate and get those stories out there. So I would love to collaborate with you and Phil and then just here on the podcast, and maybe we could even get the people that nominated them. We could get the actual people who are in the Hall of Fame on the show and basically share the stories of how did they impact rugby and mm-hmm. to hear from them. I, I think that'd be really cool. And I, oh, I, I hope, would love that. Yeah. yeah. I would love that. Yeah. So we'll start yeah. right now. Kelsey, you're in the Hall of Fame. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding right now. But for real, though, like to have a real in-depth conversation and that's what this is all about. You know, we want to hear from people because again, Phil and I, we just speculate on what we've seen in the last 10 years. Mm. I want to hear from people who've been around for 50, you know, the last 50, 40, 30 years. Or maybe get some of those hall of fame members on here to talk about some of their past experiences. Yeah. Awesome. Oh my God. They're so amazing. They're so amazing. (sighs) Phil. like, I'm glad you said that because like we have the hall of fame dinner, right? Like after the ceremony for like people who are involved in the voting and the people that have been inducted, it is so fun to sit there and pick like some of these people's brains and listen to the old stories and like how it used to be versus now. Like we all see rugby evolve, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just, yeah, they're really incredible people um, that have been inducted and they all have such a unique background that I think that that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Oh yeah. No. So we'll definitely keep in touch on that. And then we'll, we'll sprinkle those episodes in and try to get those lined up. And when the actual nom and is there a timeline? Like when are you guys going to announce the nominations and then announce who actually made it in? So here, this is the only complicated part right now and not to like throw anyone under the bus at all because 
I'm just going to spill, like, if you you guys are probably at the AGM. Yeah. So we vote, like, I need to have our chosen, like, so deadline's the 18th. First week of April, I want to know and send out the people inducted, like, send out their invitations, let them know they're welcome to all Iowa. Um, Because it takes planning if they're going to actually show up, like, say you're in a different state. A month and a week is even a tight timeline to plan a trip back to Iowa, yeah. right, to receive your award. Right now, we don't have a president or a vice president, and those are two of our voting members for the Hall of Fame. Mm. So that's one issue we have right now. Um, and the other issue is it sounds like that, you know, the location for all Iowa is up in the air now because yeah. there's multiple sites that want to host. So, you know, there's a couple different things that need to be figured out i really want to have like first week of april have you know the new inductees for the class of 2023 out but got to figure out a couple little hiccups first Definitely. yeah those are those are important factors um so yeah, hopefully that gets squared away pretty quick yeah no and we definitely want to make sure that like when when those get announced and and when everything happens we would love to interview like maybe even start this series with that first class that's in there um and maybe even work backwards or just or or even however it works but especially as this process goes on we want to be um keeping up to date with it and so yeah and we know too you know you're really busy with this hall of fame stuff but not only that you have the iowa state women and then you also just got home from the high school select side the hawkettes tryout in iowa city how did that go it was great. Those girls are awesome. I always, I don't know, I always tease my Iowa State girls because that high school age group is just one of my favorites to coach. Uh, I just got back from L.A. with the mm. ERA U18 team, and now in June we'll go take a ERA U16 team to Cleveland for the national championship tournament. So it's just a lot of moving parts, but I was so excited because I think we're going to, not to spill anything, I think we're going to have a couple of Iowa girls in that U16 team nice. that's going to go, and, you know, like the, the camp really opened my eyes to a couple new kids. Like it's always fun to have those tryouts and you sit there and you're like, ah, who, where did you come from? <laughs> you're a sophomore. Okay, cool. Like let's, let's chat. Like let's take a step aside so we can talk. So it was really good. Waverly shell rock had the most girls there. Um, yeah. Tori from Roosevelt really shown out. Like it was, it was really, really came through. She's a, young and because she's a sophomore athletic. right now right yep she is she is yeah that's awesome so yeah it was she's gonna be a very yeah. good player or she already is she's a good a mon- player she's a monster. Yeah. <laughs> she already is and she's just gonna get better like and her attitude is so coachable and oh, you yeah. know like when you get the athleticism and the coachability you're just like chef's kiss perfect this, yep. is, this is it <laughs> definitely well that's awesome to hear love to hear it love to see what you're doing and yeah yeah out in LA with your like I mean you're just keeping busy so we appreciate yeah. you for for coming on and filling us in and yeah we'll we'll keep our eyes open for updates with the Iowa Rugby Union Hall of Fame so everybody get those nominations in before Saturday and if you have questions direct them to Kelsey if you have complaints delete the email no one's gonna read them <laughs> I have a special bin for those Ryan special bin. <laughs> awesome well Kelsey, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Have a great night, guys. You too. You too. It's only a kick. 
a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And that was Kelsey. Always love hearing from her. You know, always get a ton of information. Just one of those people, again, many hats. She's always got her hands in like a ton of stuff. And she always, you know, does great with everything. So, and she always picks up the phone when we call. She always picks it up (laughs) every time. That's why, too. Like, we always say like many hats. And the reason why she's on so much is like, it's always something different that we need to talk to her about. So, that's something, too. You're going to hear a lot more from her because we want to run a new series with her on Hall of Fame members in Iowa. We want to learn the history of Iowa. We, like to be better in the state and to better grow things, we need to know where we've come from, yep. what's worked. There's a lot of history. And, <laughs> and there's a lot of clubs that are missing. And maybe we can find some missing pieces and start linking some things back together, getting people excited. You know, there's another new series that we're going to do too. So we're going to add in some episodes about Hall of Fame members. Yep. Another new thing that we're going to do Dan Petefish, you might know him. He was up at Iowa Central Community College helping out with them for a while. He's been around playing for other teams as well over the course of the last decade. He sent us a message and was like, hey, I've seen some things with club rugby. Um, It'd be cool if you guys talked about basically how do you make clubs sustainable and and talk about what works, what didn't work, and really, you know, do a series with that. So we're also going to see a new series of how are teams kind of thinking outside the box for sustainability and phil you you saw something the other day about one of our favorite outside the box ideas. yeah yeah what, yeah. what was that you know because obviously last year with river city having some issues with numbers they kind of took a step back and they kind of reevaluated some things and then came up with a really interesting game plan we've talked about it multiple times like just how much we love the idea but they're doing intracity sevens rugby and that's gonna be back for another year so they actually put out a nice little graphic so like the league's going to be kicking off June 7th, so they're going to be having Intercity 7s in Mason City um, starting on June 7th. It's got a little graphic online for us to look at, which is really cool. Um, their 2022 season and then, like, what they have going on for the 2023 season. 2022, you know, they had four teams of roughly about 65 players that were involved, played 36 games, and two cups. So, and then this year, they're going to be adding two additional teams, and then there's, like, some online registration stuff that they have. Um, and they're going to be doing a preseason draft. I'd love to actually go, like, if they would have, like, a streaming option for that so we could, like, watch it or something. Whoa, that'd be that cool. would be really cool. I know, just to see, like, who gets picked up on what teams and everything, like, who gets drafted in the first round. We might have to we copy. Have to, yeah. We might have to copy, like, the NFL draft and, like, actually break down and grade the teams. That's a really well, – you're going to have to talk to Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So expect Mark on very soon. Yeah. And then they're going to do a select side, side as well. Select side. Yeah, and so, cool. like, they take their best players and maybe enter a tournament with those. What that's Maybe they'll turn to, like, yeah. Irish Fest or something. Oh, we, yeah. Like, I don't know if that's well, their plan. Well, because last year they did, like, a whole, like, uh, all – Like an all-conference. Yeah, all-conference like, yeah. team or whatever. Yeah. So. Like something kind of like that would be really cool. Do you see this? I know I saw the player trades on there. I'm like, huh? Like making it fun. Like I I saw Aunt Fryne made a joke. Like, can I buy an expansion franchise? Like, (laughs) like talking about like it's fun. Make it fun, you know. And and they're seeing growth. And they said too, like 
that is what is propelling them into this next fall season. They're going to have guys and there's excitement around it. So if you look at that too, 65 players in the 2022 season between four teams, if you're going to have two additional teams on there, that's got to be bringing in what, at least another 24 guys. Yeah. I mean, on the upper end more than likely, but still. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe even looking to try to be around a hundred people because they do rotate guys, you know, not, it's like, you know, We got slow pitch softball. You know, not everyone's available on the weeknights. But, yeah, this is awesome. And so this is one of the ideas, a very specific example of what, like, Pete Fish was looking for. And so, actually, we're going to talk to Pete Fish here to really dive into what he was talking about and how we can make this an actual series. So let's go ahead and hear from him and dive into it. Dive on in. Splash. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right. And we are here with Dan Peatfish. Dan, how you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. Dan, I appreciate you for joining the show. Uh, you sent us a message and kind of had an idea uh, for something that a lot of people and clubs have been interested in. And so we wanted to bring you on to kind of flesh out the idea you had and kind of see how as a, as a podcast and as a couple of guys who try to interview and kind of collect as much knowledge as possible, um, kind of take this idea that you had and number one, give you credit for it. And number two, to run with it. So yeah. Do you want to share with everybody kind of that idea you had and brought to us? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, a big, a big problem that Iowa clubs in general have and rugby as a whole, um, is keeping numbers and building clubs instead of in sustainability and that sort of thing. Um, now clubs, all around the state have very unique ways that they built their clubs specifically and other clubs. I think that it would be good if there's kind of a, a central location for data on that. So clubs can kind of pick ideas and um, have, have like a, a source to, to pull from, to try to work different ideas to keep their, their clubs growing instead of diminishing as we've kind of seen throughout the years here. Definitely. And that's, and that's definitely part of, you know, the reason this podcast started was we know there's a lot of cool stories but there's also just a wealth of knowledge of people who've had success mm-hmm. and to kind of put all of that in one place. You're right. I mean, that'd be so helpful. And especially when you see like river city with their intracity sevens and their numbers are just shooting through the roof. Um, you see other clubs that are doing new things like Dubuque is back after being gone for a while. Quad cities is back. And so to really hear their perspective of how did you come back? How do you get more numbers? How do you maintain the numbers? I think that's huge. I mean, was there a specific example that made you think of this with the men's game? Um, because, you know, what's your connection to men's rugby that really, really brought this idea up? Well, I started, I actually started uh, back when there was a high school team up in Iowa Falls. Mm-hmm. Um, I played with the high school team up there. Um, and in that time, there was also a high school team out of Story County that had like six players and we combined with them. But I saw the club team with Iowa Falls and their their way of interacting with the high school team at the time. And I, I mean, that just kind of I stuck immediately. And I thought that was really cool. 
Um, and then I spent some time in Des Moines uh, before the Wombats were there when it was just Des Moines Rugby, and I was over at um, Des Moines Men's Rugby Club, and they had their different ways of um, involvement and different things that they would do. Obviously, with the Toys for Tots is a big one, trying to host a, a national qualifier and that sort of thing. Um, and that's changed. They had a, a youth, a somewhat youth program. Um, there's like U, U20s or U21, something like that back in the day. Mm. Um, one of the ways that they were trying to build numbers in their club and then I've, um, obviously spent time at Iowa Central. Um, and I picked a few things from there that kind of help with us being established in the community up here in Fort Dodge. Mm-hmm. Um, and just all those things. But then throughout time, just kind of watching, obviously, the Wombats develop and watching other teams kind of slow down. And you kind of see what the problems are there, but see how other teams are flourishing. And I just, um, I'm lucky to have been as involved with the sport as I have been um for the last 10 years or so mm-hmm. um but not not a lot of teams have that ability to go around and see what other clubs are doing and, right. um, and i was just and yeah, i was gonna say I, too you know like you said to to get perspective from multiple clubs you've had the opportunity to see firsthand um kind of like the first person in this new series that we're gonna we're gonna try to run with here what were some of the best things that you saw that clubs were doing to like specific examples um, that you saw that really helped retention and growth? Um, for men's clubs, I, there's been a couple clubs that are really good about um, making sure families are included. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a huge thing. Uh, first and foremost, making families included so then it's not just, okay, dad's gone for a while or, okay, um, I'm going to do this and just I have to step away from this. It's, it's bringing everything into a whole because that's, I mean, everybody knows that's involved in the sport, knows that it's not just a thing you do. It's actually, it's a culture. Um, and you want the people you love with you in that culture if you can. So I think that's a big thing. Um, community involvement is another thing. Getting out there, doing some volunteer work, um, doing whatever you can to like build a positive brand um, for your team. That That's another big thing. Um, and then involvement in youth. I mean, look at the metro area how many active players or uh still active in clubs so so to say are out coaching high school teams mm-hmm. um and not just in the metro obviously that is that is everywhere starting high school teams all over the place but uh that's that's another big one so involving with the youth that's not just inside your family but reaching out building the family mm-hmm. yeah i feel like over the past few years there's been a lot more family involvement it seems like or at least there's a lot more family like atmosphere when it comes to rugby for sure um, oh absolutely well we might just be getting older <laughs> that might be part of it too i was curious yeah because those are, those three things are actually I, things i've noticed too like as of late you know that seem to be important factors is there anything that's like kind of outside of the box that you think that would help um yeah i think there's i think there's a few things that some clubs have done i know um there's a particular club or two that have went to kind of one day a week during during season um for actual hard everybody commits to this type practice i think that if that's the style of your club and that's kind of the style of the players in the club and that's what people can make available it's easier to schedule one instead of two yeah um i think it's also good that we're seeing more teams have two teams have a very competitive side and a very social, not to say it's not competitive, but a more social side, a more um, in it for the culture instead of the trophy. Mm. Um, Not that that's, not that either one are a bad thing. They're both incredible, but I think it's 
when you're a bigger club and you have enough players, obviously, um, I think that's a good thing. I think if you have some guys who really want to to go heavy on it and want to try to pursue further, I mean, with the MLR and with other other things popping up, it's it's good to have that competitive side coming out, um, and it gives people an option. Um, yeah, those those are a couple of big things. I think other outside the box, uh, helping with funds for your younger guys. Um, whether that is giving them opportunity to kind of work around the clubhouse or do some other things to kind of help with their dues. Cause our, our younger players, I mean, it's tough. It can be tough financially out there right now. Um, that's just kind of the world we live in right now. So making that those options available, um, can help kind of with some retention. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people have to step away for that reason. Yeah. We've, um, that's kind of like been our big premise is keeping financials like on the lower side for players. So, they're not deterred because of money. We have been trying to like think of like a couple of different ways that, you know, they could potentially, you know, like make, you know, some money to put towards the club or whatever to go towards their dues. Just, I don't know, it gets kind of tough. We tried to do the um, Wombats for hire, which has worked sometimes. Just sometimes it's hard to get guys committed on the same day. So yeah, we've especially, been to work around that. especially when you have guys who are doing manual labor jobs all day and then we're like, Hey guys, great opportunity. We we can go lay concrete to make money for the club <laughs> after the entire weekend. Yeah, you've been laying concrete for sixty hours for your day job. You want to go lay more, and then you don't have to yeah, pay let's, dues. Let's send more. Yeah. So I mean that that's definitely something where we try to keep. And I know other clubs. You know, you try to keep it as cost friendly as possible because again, you know, making the pitch a place to be, making it a place where people want to spend their time. I mean, that's huge, and that comes through that culture and and you know making it, you know, more enjoyable and family friendly. So you also talked about too, you know, there are factors that, you know, hurt clubs and and make it difficult for clubs to maintain numbers. What are, what are some of those negative factors you've seen? And that way we can combat those. Like what are reasons that you've seen people walk away from a rugby club or rugby altogether? I, I mean, you hate to say it, but sometimes there is, you don't want to say bad leadership, um, but it's kind of more people who aren't intentional that are in leadership roles, um, whether that be on their own accord or whether that just be a family, uh, family work, whatever gets in the way. Um, but it, not necessarily to remove those people, but more to have layers. So if somebody's having, having, having a busy life, it, it, we're humans. We have busy lives. We have, mm-hmm. we have family, we have work, we have stuff like that, but having um, multiple layers to that leadership um, so that nothing really falls through and it doesn't feel like people just aren't being invested when they are. Does that kind of make sense? You know what I'm saying there? Oh, hundred yeah. percent. Because we've seen before too, there's, there's clubs where one guy's really, really passionate, does everything and it, and the club's running fine and one guy's doing everything. But once that one guy has to take a step back, whether it's for family, work, new location, um, health reasons, if there's no one else there, everything's going to fall apart. And you, you really do need to disperse, you know, those responsibilities. And then again, the checks and balances, because if one guy's doing a really good job and he loves doing everything, that's great. But if he's gone, that's trouble. Or yeah, exactly. if I mean, one exactly. person's doing everything and with that, they're also embezzling money or making bad deals or you know playing their consulting the team about anything yeah like like... hey this is what we're doing and the team's like that's not what we signed up for 
or, hey, I'm going to start all my friends instead of this new talent, instead of developing them, you know, little things like that. Like those are just very vague things, but no, definitely. I think spreading out the responsibilities to reduce burnout, that's, that's huge. And I mean, obviously that's how a lot of organizations, not even in rugby, but just in the, you know, corporate world, that's how they operate best. Yeah. And so uh, my next question here for you, Pete Fish. So what are you doing in rugby right now? Like, what is your role? Are, are you working with Iowa Central still? Uh, no, actually, I am um, not currently involved there. I, I kind of took a step away. I, I had some back issues. I actually had to have spinal surgery back in Ooh. 2020, um, and I was still helping um, kind of a volunteer assistant role with Iowa Central at the time. That's I don't. So currently, I'm not actually involved. Um and it just that was actually kind of why I was thinking about this. I just I miss it. I think uh, getting healthy, um, as far as the back and physicality is concerned. So I think uh, maybe not playing. I think my playing days might be over. But uh, um, getting involved in the sport in the state somehow, yeah. um, it's kind of the next step. I feel like, but I don't. Uh, not currently. Not currently tied to anything. Gotcha. Are you are you still in the Fort Dodge area? Yeah, I was just gonna say. <laughs> I am. Yeah. So are you thinking at all of starting your own men's club? And again, not in a player role, but um, just kind of, again, you have these experiences and to try to bring rugby to Fort Dodge, especially you have Iowa Central there. If people graduate, you have former the the Fort Dodge Stags there. If high school kids stick around um, or Algona is decently, you know, go for college. I mean, that could be a club that gets brought back to life. I mean, is that something you're looking into or even starting a new high school club, uh, at a different neighboring community or, or St. Ed's in Fort Dodge or anything like that? I, I am not taking anything off the table. Um, I haven't quite got that far. I don't, I don't know uh, about starting a club necessarily up here, but I, I, I think it's a great idea. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for that right now, to be honest. I really like the St. Edmund idea, though. Like, a, getting a high school team out of there would be actually pretty cool. Well, uh, yeah, every time I talk to Tom, so when the schedule released for high school, and he's just like, oh, we have to drive to Crestwood every single year. And, like, that's, that's a two-and-a-half, yeah. two three-hour drive, you know. And so getting – and I think, too, even for men's league, we talk about this, too. West Des Moines, we are the furthest west club in Iowa for men's league. Uh, we would love to see more teams in the area or west of, you know, I-35. Uh, you know, that'd be huge. So yeah. we definitely would would support you or help any way we could as well. And again, we are going to run with this and definitely try to find people or especially we try to, with this podcast, we try to have representation from every single club, men's, women's, senior side, college, uh, you know, youth, all of that. And I think too, uh, really pointing out like, hey, what do you do that's successful in every interview? I think would be really important. So oh, yeah. I, I love this idea, man. And I'm I'm really glad you brought it to us. And like I said, if if you're gonna start something, we'll we'll definitely support you any way we can because more rugby is always good. Yes. I hey, I really appreciate that. Um yeah, as soon as I, I get further into any any project I jump into, I would definitely uh, definitely reach out. I'll stay in communication. Nice. Awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us, and we'll definitely keep in touch. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, have a good one, brother. Cheers.
And that was Pete Fish. Really love the uh, ideas he's got, you know, out there for us to work with. And I'm excited to do a little series on that. I think that'll yeah. be, I think that'll be good. Just every once in a while, we'll throw an episode out there and like really like call people in and like focus on like, hey, what's the one thing that makes your club sustainable? Like the number one thing. And I really do hope, you know, like Pete Fish brought this up to us. And this is kind of like for everybody. If you have an idea, we are open to talking about anything with anyone. If you're like, hey, I, I'd like to see or hear this, throw it at us. Yeah, because please, we, we need help getting ideas. <laughs> no. Sometimes, yes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. No, but like I really do hope he considers starting like a men's club in the Fort Dodge area or going to Algona and trying to get Gopher College back up. A, like A revive of Gopher College would be awesome. Yeah, because I mean, he, he brought up some really good points, but then it's also like, Hey man, like you're not connected to anybody right now. It'd be cool to see, like, use your experience, use these ideas, get a crew and uh, get it rolling. But, you know, uh, again, it's, you know, life is busy, a lot of stuff going on, but he has the mindset, he has the tools and we'll support it. You know what I mean? So definitely awesome to talk to him and, and we'll, we'll keep in touch with him and we'll also, you know, get some ideas for people how to make clubs more sustainable. Cause mm-hmm. obviously with the Wombats, we want to be sustainable. Yeah. We're, we honestly, when we talk sustainable to people, or at least Excel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when we have people on, I mean, we really do not only just interview people for entertainment purposes or for other people, but also for ourselves. Like I want to learn what, what mm-hmm. works for you. So yeah. And then the last part here, it is Monday. We are going to recap the weekend, but here's a disclaimer. We're just basically going to read scores to you because full transparency, we didn't watch a lick of rugby at all. I watched a couple of highlights, but with the AGM, the banquet Banquet. being hung over all day Sunday, and now we're recording, we had rugby on in the background, but we really weren't able to watch much. Yeah, unfortunately. we're going to just share some scores. And so, yeah, should we dive into it again? Let's dive on it. We already dove. (laughs) We're diving back in. Another dive. Uh, Six Nations. So... Wales defeats Italy 29-17. So it looks like Italy is going to finish at the bottom of the table. Get them out of there. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was very surprising. Yeah. France. We thought they would take it or they would beat England. I didn't think they no. were going to win by 43. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> France wins 53-10. A lot of commentary online. People saying uh, Eddie Jones was not the problem at England. Their problems are deeper than that. And so basically, uh, yeah, that that was huge. So yep. Phil was like, hey, France won it last year. I think they're going to win. I didn't think they are going to blow them out like that. Last game, Ireland defeats Scotland 22-7. to It really feels like Ireland is going to lock this thing up. But also, we said if France wants to compete for the title, they needed a big scoreline. Yep. Well, guess what? They got a big scoreline. So now Ireland is in first place. They're 4-0. They have 19 points. They have a point differential of 66. France is 3-1. They are at a point differential of 46, and they have 15 points. Mm -hmm. So really, France needs – they could use five points and an Ireland loss by more than seven points, and that's how France gets in. But it looks like Ireland's going to wrap it up. Scotland in third, they're two and two. England in fourth, they're two and two. Uh, Scotland's ahead of them because point differential. Mm. Scotland's plus eight, England minus 22. Wales is fifth at one and three. Italy is in last at 0 and four. Moving on to Super Rugby Americas. So 
the American Raptors, they played the Akari 15, and they lost 25 to 3. Nah. Again, closer matchup. Yeah. Against a very good Argentine side. And uh, their next match, they're playing the Doggos. Doggos. The Doggos 15. So, and that's going to be on the 24th. So they have a week off. So that'll be good for them to rest and recover. So American Raptors, they are 0 4, but they're not getting blown out. Yeah. At least they're putting up some points and starting to close that gap slowly but surely. You know who is getting blown out? (laughs) The Hawks. The American Hawks. And also, when I did a Google search for. The, the USA Hawks. Mm-hmm. So this is the USA Rugby 15s union developmental side. Uh, did you know there's a USA Rugby League team? The national team for Rugby League is called mm. the Hawks. Yeah. That's so confusing. It's very confusing. So a developmental u- union side is 15s or is called the Hawks. And then the league side is called the Hawks for the national team. Very confusing. Anyways, yeah. this team we're talking about, the developmental side, they lost to Pampas 69 to 14. Ugh, that's painful. They lost by 55. Now, for comparison, when American Raptors played Pampas, they lost by 11, 27 to 16. Yeah, I think it's safe to say American Raptors would probably win. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a 44 point differential. They yeah. both lost. The Hawks lost by 44 more points when you look at common opponents. And again, the Raptors, they are working together every single day. They have, you know, that similarity. The Hawks were just thrown together. They have yep. eight weeks. They're doing a bunch of exhibitions, and then they're going home. You know, it's yep. it, that's expected, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, yeah, so hopefully we see improvements there. Uh, the next thing that we're going to talk about here, Major League Rugby. Woo! Woo! And we have some very, very interesting results. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That NOLA game was just. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. So the first one, New England Free Jacks defeat Old Glory 34-31. We both were correct. Yep. Woo! Uh, The next game, San Diego Legion 22, Dallas Jackals 0. Also correct. We were both correct. Woo! Okay, this next game, I'm pissed. (laughs) I need to go back and watch what happened. We both picked Chicago. Over Toronto, well, Chicago lost to Toronto 26-27. And I texted you, too, because we kept talking about how Billy Meeks hasn't been available. He was available this time. He started for them. He's the league MVP. Uh They lose by one. I need to see why. Now the match that was the difference maker for us. Seawolves and Houston. You had Seattle. I had Houston. Seattle wins 24-12. Yeah, that's not... I would have assumed it would have been like decided like within three points, honestly. So what's crazy is I did watch little highlights of that. Mm. And Houston was in the lead first. Yeah. They were in the lead at halftime. And then I think at halftime they had 12 points. And then the second half was all Seattle. Mm. So I think it was 12-10 at halftime. And then Seattle got it to 13-12. And then Seattle won 24-12. Yeah. So you win this week. I owe you two beers at practice. And then the shocker of the week. We said, oh, this is so easy. Nola Gold, they suck. New York, they're awesome. Nola Gold at home, 31-5, to put a beat down yeah, on New York. Slapped them. 
My God. I feel like you're like, I'm back in on Nola. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. They're going to win the championship. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was a very surprising scoreline, but I mean, it's cool to see them kind of bounce back after the first few weeks have just been rough. Yeah. So, so it's cool to see. Cool to see for them, but not for us because we made that joke like, oh, we're going to do so good this week at our picks. Uh, I went two and three, and you go three and two. Yeah. yeah. So still above 50%. Still above. <laughs> hey, our records are even now. Yeah. And also, speaking of records, so last week we talked about how Chicago had like over 4,000 people in attendance. Yeah. The New England Free Jacks posted on Instagram, they set their highest record for home attendance, 3,353. Nice. Which is awesome. They set a new record attendance. But it was still a thousand less than Chicago. Chicago, yeah. Interesting. It is interesting. Interesting. And the Hounds are obviously new. So <laughs> Awu. Another interesting note. Hound. I was uh, yeah. you know. <laughs> another interesting thing. I saw somebody on Twitter say that Nola Gold was refusing to touch the ball down in between the posts for an automatic seven. They kept putting it down on the line outside of it. And I was kind of like, why would they do that? I guess, I mean, I know we're having a blizzard and it's really cold. So if you get the automatic seven, you have what? 30 seconds. 30 seconds or 60 seconds to kick it off. Or I think 60 seconds. So they touched it down on the outside. So they would line up for a really easy conversion. And it gives them more time to rest. Because it was really hot, apparently. Yeah. So So they just need more rest. Yeah. They wanted more rest. And it was like, and to kill more. And they were, and they're in the lead. They're winning. Um, are you leaving? No. Are you getting just, out of here? No, I was just making sure my keys were warm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are getting close. But no, it was funny because I was like, oh, that makes sense. They're killing clock and they have the lead. Yeah, that's pretty and, smart, actually. And because I think of it, too, whenever we, I'm tired in a match, I'm like, I need more time. And I will tell kickers, I don't know why I'm looking at you. You're not here till Thursday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Behind the scenes spoiler. Oh. <laughs> But hey whenever whenever people hey Nico's on the show Thursday um, <laughs> <laughs> um whenever we go for like a conversion kick like Lee will be kicking or whoever's kicking that day and I'll say take the whole sixty seconds because I'm tired. I mean it's a good strategy, but it's like God and like luckily Lee's really good at kicking. But you know more times than not though it's like if we can get the automatic seven we're taking. It, I would take know? it. Yeah, it's like shit. Yeah, but when you have you know reliable <laughs> kickers and it's like, eh, he's like, you can go ahead and kick it. Yeah. Take your sweet ass time. So yeah, um, but yeah, that's that's where we're at with that. Um, I just wanted to go through that quick and also be honest. Again, the reason why we call ourselves the B side boys, we are not experts. You know, we we watch the game and we'll give you our take. And also, we just want to get you to know, like the Rugby Network, you can watch all these for free. The Peacock Network, you can watch all Six Nations, like. We just throw it out there. We're probably wrong on some of these things, like obviously with our predictions. So if if you're our only source of rugby information, um, you're not doing yourself justice. So (laughs) make sure you follow people on Twitter who know what they're talking about more than us. But we are self-aware that rugby's fun and it's fun to talk about it. But we also know we are not the end-all be-all. So That's why I always throw the disclaimer that you don't fat, fact check anything that I say because, you know, <laughs> it's probably not right. <laughs> oh, shoot. No, this, that was a fun episode. And, like, yeah. Kelsey and Pete Fish, like, 
really cool to hear from them of like things going on next week. We'll, we'll talk more about the Iowa AGM. Hopefully we'll have the names of the referees and the coaches. Yep. Iowa youth rugby is getting closer. Close. We are. So it's the 13th. We are 18 days away until the 31st. Yeah. So we're, we're getting very close to high school rugby. Nashville's coming up on the 25th. Yeah. That's Chicago. Oh, that's real soon. <laughs> the Chicago Hounds game. Everybody's welcome to go. If you are going to buy tickets, April 1st is the deadline. Please do that. Join us. It's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. We promise. Uh, if it's not fun, you won't get your money back, but you will experience <laughs> it. Um, yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't go. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. You're not going. I know. I'm going to Florida. I'm sorry. <laughs> you stink. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. I have to find another hooker in Chicago. Yeah. You know, what if you don't get your spot back? What if someone what if someone plays so good at hooker? Actually, that's what you want. You, <laughs> you, you think I like being in the front yeah, row? Yeah, you were just telling me, like, God, I just we need to find another hooker so I can be uh, a loose forward. And I'm just like, oh well, we have such Dude, a good thing going in the front row. I do like our front row. Yeah. I like I mean I like all of our guys, but you know, the front row, like I still want me, you and Vic to get like Squad, the little like I like the collage um t shirts with like people's faces on them and stuff. The Dirty South Hip Hop album cover yeah. t shirt, yeah. Dude, we are making one of those, we gotta do it, and we, we are to. gonna do B Side Boys merch for real, though. Like, yeah, I know we're gonna do that soon. I'm just with our new logo, yeah. The new logo, I'm just glass on our face, yeah. You're welcome. Uh, anything else you have for the good of the cause? Hmm. What was that? I was just, oops, again, another, I was just, <laughs> just thinking, uh, might as well do another plug for uh, select side tryouts though. Cause that's March 18th in Iowa city. So if you want to be on select side, you know, you got to get to Iowa city and try out and yeah. Yeah. Get some guys on there. You know, we got to have a good showing. Yeah. Speaking of a good showing, rotor epoxy has been having a good showing. Yeah. We got new koozies from rotor epoxy. Yeah, that was cool. And we need to re-record our Rotor Epoxy ad because we need to add the fire department. Did you see that? Yeah, that was beautiful. And uh, he also sent a snap. So they had a call come in while they were working on the floor. So he's like just nuts watching them come in. He's like in just a few minutes, they come blazing in, tires squealing because they're all volunteer or whatever. And they run in. And like in a matter of minutes, they have all their shit on, and then they're already out the door. Like they were laying epoxy yeah. at yeah. the fire department, yeah. and they got a call for an emergency, and that's wild. Yeah, I also love that Rotor brought all those koozies for us, but then he, it's like, oh, I got a special gift for you. Then he was handing them out to everybody. Yeah, he said, I got them for the B side boys, and he gave them. Uh, my wife ends up with one. I'm like, yeah. what? Is that? She's not even on the so show. It doesn't feel special at all. She she even told me <laughs> she doesn't even listen anymore. She doesn't even care. So I can say whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. they don't think Chad's listened to any of them for a while so it's like Good. i'm kind of glad you don't listen to some of these sometimes <laughs> i know because we make fun of you a lot i know uh, yeah. <laughs> all right but how you feeling good you 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 freshly freshly freshly